0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 34 of Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and I want everybody to wish Emma a happy birthday. (laughs) Okay? Five, four, three, two, one. You didn't even wish me a happy birthday. But I did. (laughs) I did all over my social media, and I texted you. Did you want me to walk in the house and be like, oh my god, happy birthday again? (laughs) I should have, but it's fine. We can look past it. All I wanted for my birthday was a loint. That didn't happen. People use those terms now. As they should. Because I was responding to messages. I don't know where you were MIA during the the race. I had a family dinner. Right, right. You had a family dinner. And so I was responding to people's messages. And people were like, are we going to get a yoint? Are we going to get a loint? Like, what's the deal? And I was like, oh, people just fully use our jargon. So I don't think we came up with yoint. But I think we took yoint and created loint. We didn't come up with yoint? I don't think so. Oh, I thought this was an Emma concoction. No. Okay. Loint was... Well, if you're the creator of, of Yoink, um, thank you. Thank you so much. We use it a lot. Um, We're going to be recapping... Mexico, GP. Mexico. I'm like, where were we? We're going to be in- recapping Mexico. We've got some... A little bit of In Case You Missed Indie. Just like oh. a quick little update. Okay. Oh, yeah. yes. Yep. yes. Yes. There was big news in the indie world this past week, so mm-hmm. we're going to sprinkle that in there. Um, Why don't we just jump right into it? Into indie? Okay. In Case You Missed Indie, there's... A few big things that happened in the last, I want to say, week, week and a half or so. First one being Pietro Fittipaldi has been signed for RLL for 2024. Uh, Bobby Rahal has come out and said that it's a long-term deal. That hasn't really been, like, confirmed in the press. It's just by, like, word of mouth, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's replacing the number 30 car of Jack Harvey. But Jack Harvey was sacked. Sacked is a very mean word. Jack Harvey was released halfway through the season with RLL. Connor Daly replaced him for a bit. We saw Yuri Vips in there yeah. for the last few races. And now it's confirmed that Pietro is racing for 2024 season, which is super great. And I think it's exciting because he was Haas's reserve driver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still going to do that. He might. But this is a name that you hear quite often in, in like F1 talks and Indy now and just like another big talent that needs to take the next step in his career and hopefully this can be that i was surprised that they weren't keeping yuri vips i thought you know bringing him onto their team was a risk already you might as well Mm -hmm. see that risk through like stick to it and i don't think that they did that but at the same time it's not like he did anything amazing in the car for the races he was in so i was talking to someone who works very closely with like Indy, IndyCar series, and they said that RLL is kind of pulling an Aero McLaren, Mm. bringing in the younger drivers, the names that are already popular, Mm -hmm. the drivers that have a following to, like, quote-unquote, rebrand. I mean, it has worked for Aero McLaren. Mm -hmm. I don't see that as as a bad move. Um, I'm actually really excited to see Fittipaldi in the car next year. Yeah, me too. He did some testing a few years ago, and he really liked it. I think he participated in the Indy 500 a few years yes, ago, and he, he was the fastest rookie yes. that year in qualifying. So he knows what he's doing in the car, clearly. Mm-hmm. So it'll be mm-hmm. exciting. It's good news. It's exciting for RLL for next year. Mm-hmm. And then the other news, Callum Eilat is no longer racing with Hunkos Hollinger Racing for 2024. And this is shocking because he had a contract up until the end of 2024. Yeah. Ah, I don't like it. It makes me mad. I don't like it either. I think I will. I will not like it more if Callum doesn't get a seat at all. Yeah. Because he's too talented to not have a seat. He is talented. Yeah. So the rumors were that Augustine Canapino was actually going to be replaced. So he was a rookie for Hugo's Hollinger this year. Turns out, didn't happen. His contract was extended, and now, for some reason, Callum Eilat is out of a seat. Uh, I think there's only a few more seats left at Dale Coyne and Uh, A.J. Foyt. A.J. Foyt, yeah. So those two teams have at least one or two seats available still. But, I mean, it's unfortunate. And, you know, if a lot of people who watch Indy will know that Callum Eilat didn't have the best run with Junkos Hollinger, but he's still an incredible driver, and he deserves a seat. And so for them to cut their contract a year early, I don't know. I don't like it. It it doesn't make sense to me. I don't like it one bit. But knowing that there are only... A few seats left, and there's still drivers from last year that are unsigned. Um, include so Callum now. Mm-hmm. They include Devlin DeFrancesco, Francesco, and they include Stingray Rob, Roman Grosjean, and Roman Grosjean because mm-hmm. he was just released from Andretti. So these are four drivers, and how many seats are there? I believe there's two. three, two or three. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. see. This is we'll keep following this, mm-hmm. and we'll keep y'all updated because I know that you know. Indy's not racing right now, so it's probably not the number one thing that a lot of our F1 fans are thinking about, mm-hmm. but um, we'll keep everyone updated, we yeah. promise. And Graham Rahal. I feel like it's another Lance Stroll situation. He's got I the... assume Graham has a, a contract yeah. as long as he wants it. He's got the seat if he wants a seat. Right. So, because it's not yet confirmed, but why wouldn't he be racing? Right. I don't, yeah. Anyway, that is in case you missed indie. Those are the indie updates. I was also talking to Caitlin about the Indie 500 trophy. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's like the faces of the winners on the trophy. And I was like, what if like it just night at the museums and they come alive? (laughs) You would. And like just in the middle of the night, all of the Indie 500 winners, they're just talking on the trophy. (laughs) Yeah, you would. Anyway, that is in case you missed Indy. Um, I actually think that's a kind of a good segue because there are some, and, you know, we say we're not contributing to the rumors, but there are rumors right now that that Lawrence Stroll is selling Aston Martin. Well, th- th- I didn't, what? Oh, this, These is are news are, this is news to me. Wait, so what happens to Lance? Okay, chill for two seconds. I can't chill for two seconds. So it looks like, and I had just seen them this weekend, but it does look like these rumors go back to the beginning of October. And as of right now, that's all it is. It is rumors. Um, But it does look like somewhere there's multiple um, outlets reporting somewhere around the $800 mark is what Lawrence is looking to sell Aston for. And I don't know if maybe because this goes back to the beginning of the month, maybe it's just heating up now because, spoiler alert, this was... Another weekend where it's Fernando's second DNF, right? Didn't oh. he DNF last week? Fernando and Lance. Well, DNF I don't want to talk about week. Lance. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We can't not talk about Lance DNFing. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. This is. <laughs> but it was Fernando's second DNF in a row. Yes. Whereas Lance at least got points last race. Yes. Is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Something's wrong with the car. Something's wrong with the team. But also, they've used the past two weekends as test weekends. That's what they've gone into the weekend looking like. They're not looking to score points. Land scoring points last week was... Yeah, it was what it was. But why mm-hmm. are they testing with four races They left? should not... There, No car in the F1 grid should be doing any testing, starting from the pit lane, that type of stuff, at this point in the season. Yeah, no. So there's something clearly wrong with the structure of what's going on in the team. And that's maybe why I feel like these rumors are coming up now. But it's not, like, something we made up. So... You know, we'll, again, keep an eye on it. And yeah. Yeah. Also, we never <laughs> talked about it, but at CODA, did we talk about the poster at CODA? Oh, okay. So that was a mistake. So the poster at CODA, instead of, like, it had all the drivers up there. And instead of Lance's, it had... Felipe Drugovic. Yes. But so was that because he was participating? Like, he wasn't participating in practice? No. It so was a mistake. Why? Okay. It is a mistake. But the there was a poster printed with Felipe instead of Lance. Yeah. I don't know why there would ever be a reason for that mistake to happen. Like, why do they have that poster? Why do they have that version of the poster up? No, right. Exactly. Why does that version does of the poster exist? exist? Why does it exist? I don't... We know. We didn't talk about it. Because so, they fixed it right away. I, look, I know how you feel about it. We can't ignore all the weird things that are going on right now with this team. I know. And with this striver specifically. I know. Well, I mean, compared to, compared to how strong they were at the start of the season... Fernando was podium after podium after podium. Like how many in a row did he get? Three at the start of the season. You no, know, this is a catastrophic, I don't know, downfall for Aston Martin. At the beginning of the season, they were rivaling Red Bull. But you said this. You said that they're gonna start off strong and then they're just gonna fall back. Look, you need to stop. If we learned anything this weekend, it's that I need to be careful with what I say because I might be banned from the country, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wanna quickly explain what happened? Yes, for those of you who listen to the pod and not, um, you don't watch our videos on TikTok or whatnot, this week I released track stats on TikTok and Instagram like I did, like I said I would. Um, and in track stats, you know, y'all know I talk about the track, I talk about last year's results, I talk about anything else that's relevant to know. And because we had talked a few weekends ago about um, there being this rumor of a Checo retirement being announced at his home Grand Prix, I did throw that in the video. I said, you know, what are we gonna see this weekend? Are we gonna see a Checo retirement? I meant a retirement like he's done from the sport. Like he's retiring career-wise. He's out. He's, you know, taking a break or whatever that might look like. I did not mean a retirement from the race. And as soon as I saw um, him not get through the first corner uh, and have to DNF, I was immediately regretting my words. Yeah, I did not mean retirement from the race. Regardless, there's two meanings for the word retirement and that maybe that's all the universe heard. So I'm sorry, Checo. I'm sorry, Rebel Racing. I'm sorry to everyone in Mexico. We had some people um, who were in our DMs who were at the race and they were saying that there was, you know, people crying, kids, you know, so upset they wanted to see their hometown hero. We don't want... We did not want to see Checo DNF at his no. home race. We don't want to see anyone DNF at their home race. Mm. We don't want to see DNF... Anyone DNF ever. So, um... See, when you had made that video, I was, like... I, in the back of my mind, I'm, like, I know she means career retirement, right. not a race retirement. Right. But I, But, like... In the back of my mind, I was like, what if she just jinxed it? I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to jinx but it. But again, it wasn't like it was a poor choice of words necessarily because what other word were you going to use? You like, could have said career retirement. I, I didn't feel it necessary to to specifically say career retirement. That also sounds a little weird. But um, I know. it's Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If I had anything to do with that, I apologize. In track stats, I also said, you know, last year it's one of the only races we can say there was no DNFs. <laughs> Five DNFs. Was there? (gasps) Yeah, five DNFs. At this point, when I was texting this person, I was like, oh, three DNFs. (laughs) Look what I did again. So, yeah, I need to to watch it. But also, I I have some people saying, you know, you could use your powers in some better way. Like, you know, maybe we'll see a a Charles win this weekend or whatnot. And anyways, I did try that. It it just maybe it was too late at that point. Um, Yeah, (sighs) that's okay. We're just, we're, I don't know, track talk. We have curses over here, I guess. That's what's going on. That was really like fast forward though to like the race weekend. What? Well, this person, I'm just reading my message with this person, and they sent me some funny, crafty quotes from this weekend. And one of them is like your uncle on the dance floor at a wedding reception. And I actually remember him saying that, but this person said, no clue who it's about. (laughs) And that just made me giggle. He did. About who? I don't remember. I don't remember the context at all, but it, it this is funny written without context. I love that. Thanks, Crofty. This person also noted that Crofty said, quote, wanting to nudge into that taco queue after Stroll crashed into Botas, who has I'm only here for the tacos on his helmet. Yeah. What a weekend. Like, seriously, what a weekend. Even, like, before the weekend started with FP1, they had the... Reserve drivers or test drivers, drivers from the development program fit fill in for some of the teams, some of the cars for um, FP1. And Ollie Behrman, is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Ollie Behrman. I thought it was Behrman, but I think it is Bearman. Ollie, who is currently in F2, was in the Haas, and he was the fastest rookie out of all of them. In a, in Haas. a Haas. He was also faster than Fernando Alonso. To be fair, like, it's hard to go off the practice times because, like, some teams will test different things. But, I mean, it says a lot that, in a Haas, he was faster than, than, like, the Mercedes or the Alfa Romeo. Like, so props to Ollie. I actually watched practice this week. I watched nothing. Because I am the one who has, have been screaming from the rooftops that I want these reserve drivers to take on the car. So I had to put my money where my mouth was and watch the uh, practice session. Yeah. That would be cool. I... I think what I'm, I said, how I black out sometimes when we'd record the broadcast, right. but yeah, you had mentioned giving the reserve drivers the chance to set the qualifying time. Okay, yes. I thought that sent, would be fun. <laughs> Emma sent a text to our group chat this weekend saying something like, wouldn't it be cool if we put reserve drivers in the car for quality so that the, the actual drivers have to then take the reserve driver's uh, quality order and work with it? And I was like, Wait, where have you been? Because I have been saying this. Like, do you just not listen to me? or Selective hearing? Selective hearing. I okay. think I black out. Okay. But it would be cool. You had a great idea. <laughs> Let's move on to Quali. Um, okay, so for Quali, Yuki was already taking a penalty to start at the back of the grid because of the, like, um, going over the engine replacements, whatever. But he... And the Alphatari team, was they were smart because they were like, well, no matter what, Yuki's not going to get a higher position. So they used Yuki to give Daniel a toe during Q1 and Q2, which was beautiful. I love to see it. You don't, like, we do see that sometimes in qualifying, but it's rare. Do you know what I mean? So. Oh, was, I was, I thought this move was awesome. It was great. It was great. And it paid off. Because Danny had, like, was setting, like, the fastest sectors in some mm-hmm. points, like, in the Alphatari. Mm-hmm. Um, Lando quali? Oh. (sighs) Well, uh, it wasn't necessarily Lando's fault, so you got to give all the context. Okay, so Lando didn't make it out of Q1 for the first time in God knows how long. McLaren, I'll restart. Lando bailed out of his first lap. I don't know why, he just did. He went back to the garage. McLaren held him there longer than they maybe should have. They were like, we're just going to do one lap and it's going to be one and done. Which sometimes does work. But it's a risk. But it's a risk. It's a risk. Yeah. It did not pay off because there was a yellow flag. And I think also at one point, Lando, he did lose his back end. Like he did. I don't know what it was, but his lap, it wasn't a good lap regardless. Like Lando didn't make it out of Q1 is what I'm trying to say. And like, it was the most devastating thing to watch in the entire world. It was Fernando that caused that. Fernando caused. yeah, Yeah, he spun. Yeah. And the funny thing is actually on the broadcast, it said, you know, it showed the spin. It showed the yellow flag come out. And then immediately went green green flagged again. So I was like, okay, track must be fine. Yes, we were only like a minute and a half away from the end of Q1. But I was like, track's fine. They green flagged the session. I thought they were going to be able to go for another lap. And then they were back in the garages. And I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. So either that was a broadcast error or I didn't. I mean, there were a few drivers that were still passing under the yellow flag or speeding under the yellow flag. So a few drivers were caught out. I think it was towards the end of the track. That's where Fernando spun out. I don't know. But But unfortunately for Logan Sargent, he, um, in his radio message, I believe, brought uh, attention to the fact that he did see the yellow flag, Mm -hmm. but didn't slow. So he got a 10 place, 10 place? He was already starting from the back anyway. Like what? what He got a 10 place grid penalty, but he was already starting from the back anyways. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Let him, just I, let him do his thing. There were some really fun, funny jokes this week on F1 Twitter about Logan Sargent is starting from CODA. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> or Logan Sargent is starting from mm-hmm. F2. Yeah. And it's just because, you know, he was already starting from the back and they gave him a 10-place grid penalty. What does that do? But, Nothing. I don't it know. It sets precedent. That's what it does, my friend. I thought it was interesting that Max held up the pit lane for a bit. Q1? It was Q1, yeah. And and it was very clearly... Very clearly stopped at yeah. the end of the pit lane. Yeah. Which you cannot do. And he did this in Singapore. And the stewards were like, we should have penalized him. We should have given him penalty. Right. They didn't. They didn't give it to him this time either. And then he did it again and they still didn't. Yeah. Nope. There was... I think there's controversy about whether he was over the white line or not. He was over it. So, yeah. I just... You know, I'm trying really hard to give the FI the benefit of the doubt, and being like, you know, Max is not, you know, someone that they favor and do all these things for. They don't help when mm. they don't make very blatant calls like this. So anyways, moving on. What do we expect? Well, I didn't expect Danny to make it into Q2. No. In the Alfatari, but he did. He did. But Bo- I mean, both Alfataris made it into Q2 and Yuki, I don't think Yuki expected to. Either like I think it was he was gonna do what he could for Q one right right um, okay but they showed the track dominance map did you see yes. that and it was Checo and Danny it's just interesting duo to put up in the track dominance D- they are not dumb yeah no whoever's putting up those graphics mm-hmm. they are not because he had out qualified Checo for Q one like he you know yeah before so- the before the yellow flag yeah <laughs> just interesting interesting. Oh, I think the only other thing that happened in, like, Q2 was Alex getting his lap time deleted. But, I mean, both Alfa Romeo's made it into Q2 because of... Or into Q3 because of it at the very end. Sorry, you were talking Alex and then you were talking Alfa Romeo and I was like... Yeah, because... Driver doesn't drive for that (laughs) team. No, I know. Because Joe was... Yeah. Like, he was tense. We made it into Q3. Alex at the faster time and then his track got... His time got deleted. Yeah. So, as much as I hate seeing Alex... Not making it to Q3. I don't remember the last time we've seen Alpha Romeo's both of them into Q3. Yeah, no. Th- they're very few and far between this year. Also, I'm just going to say it now because I'm going to forget it if I don't say it. Williams, three weekends in a row with points. Yeah. Way to go. Williams is not a bad team. <laughs> also, Logan DNF this weekend had points last weekend, but DNF the weekend before. So, that's like, just shows you Alex Albon oh. and how he's carrying... This, Alex Albon carries the team. This team. Yeah. Yes. Not that anyone needed a reminder, but I'm offering it. Um, yeah. Qualifying. That's, that's about it. That's quality. I mean, Ferrari won two. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone expected a Ferrari won two. But... And Maxler, Danny fourth, he outqualified Checo at Checo's home race. Anyway, the, let's talk about the race. <laughs> that's all we're going to say about that. So I didn't actually watch the race live. I watched it. I watched the first lap. And then I had to turn it off. See, I don't even know why you did that because, of I, course, after watching the first lap, you're like, "I need to see what else." I know. Happens. I don't and know why I did it either. I was I, at I was at my family dinner, and dinner hadn't started yet, so I was like, "Oh, I'll put the race on, no biggie." And then Checo, and Charles collide. To be fair, though, okay, I'm gonna restart. Max got off beautifully. Yeah. The, amazing, yeah. amazing. He just slid right in between both Ferraris. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, like, no slipstream. He mm-hmm. just went. Mm-hmm. Um and then Charles was on the left of Max. Mm-hmm. Checo came around the other side of Charles. There was nowhere for Charles to go. No. And and that's there was really no debate. No. Um this weekend about, you know, whose fault it was. Obviously, the fans who wanted to see Checo do well, that's why they were booing Charles just yeah. because they wanted Checo to do well, but um there was nowhere Charles could go. Mm-mm. It was unfortunately a Checo mistake. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but yeah, that's what happened. He went up in the air. Well, just one side of the car went up in the air. Red Bull gives you wings. Well, and <laughs> I actually had hope for, like, two seconds there that they were going to be able to put him back out. Because he thought immediately they, yeah. drove back to the garage. And then you saw him banging on the steering wheel. And I was like, that's was heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah. No driver should have to retire at their home race. No. You know, we're not, like, we're not... Like, you weren't... I mean, you're not really rooting for Lance in Montreal. We're not really rooting for Checo in Mexico. But...
1: It's but it's not home- just
0: about where they are; it's about them in general. I don't I don't root for Lance anywhere, and I don't really root for Checo. Anywhere. But I think just being at the home race just it means so yes. much more. James Hinchcliffe had said like emotions are heightened. If you had a, if you have a good day, you have a great day. Yeah. If you have a bad day, it's the end of, it's the end of the world. Yeah. And that's what it was for Checo. Yeah. Like it was just so. It was sad. Yeah. It yeah. was like I my heart hurt for him. I know. Yep. It obviously was very tough to watch. Okay, I don't know why this made me so happy, but like. One, Danny, Rick, and Lewis going wheel to wheel, and then also Oscar and George like fighting it out. Oh, you are going to the end of the race. No, those, that was just at the very beginning. Well, it was continuing throughout the whole thing. But I yeah, know, yeah. but like, I don't know why, but I loved it so much. You like Danny versus Lewis? I thought it was entertaining. I liked watching Max and Danny fight for like a quick second. I mean, <laughs> and and blink- a quick second. You blink and you miss it. Like- <laughs> it almost looked like when Max past Danny, he like looked over at him like, Hey, cause Max really? turned his head like ever so slightly uh, and he probably back. wasn't looking at him, but just the way it showed on TV mm. was like, Max like, <laughs> okay, I'll have to go back and watch that. I missed it. Max, just... It wasn't really a fight. Max, it was Max. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it took like 11 laps for Lewis to pass Daniel in the Alphatari. I think that's what I'm struggling with. We know Daniel's a good driver. But in the Alphatari. Do, you know, do you know what I'm getting at yeah, here? Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I think it speaks for itself. So most drivers started on, like, the medium or the hards. Lando started on the softs, which, means he, he, which meant he had to pit earlier to switch to hards because, like, those softs aren't going to last. He, like, he was he was making up places. I feel like Lando is the second best driver on the grid. Do, do you think Lando was the second best driver on the grid, or do you think that the car-driver combo is the best second best on the grid. Cause if we're talking Ooh. equal machinery, I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. You know what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't no, have the no, answer to a tough it. tough question to answer. I just want you to I, I don't wanna bring light to what you what you're saying right I now. mean I was just very impressed with Lando. And I have been for the last like eight races. Yeah. I mean Lando got driver of the day again, second mm-hmm. week in a row. Obviously overtake had a- After overtake, after overtake, after overtake. Right. Just like an insane... No one expected him to get up to where he finished. And starting from P19, or I guess it would have been P18, but um, to finish P5. And then on the restart, I mean, he made the right choice by not trying to, like, stick his nose in there. Otherwise, it would have been a collision. I don't know who with, but he just, like, held back, dropping down from P10 to, what, P14? Mm -hmm. And then making his way back up to P5? Yeah, because he did kind of get a little screwed over mm-hmm. by the red flag um but yeah so we're getting a little bit ahead ahead of ourselves again after charles's collision with Checo, um he was driving with a bit of a broken front wing um it wasn't a hazard at that point and they didn't um orange and black flag him which is the important part of what i'm about to say um, but you could see there was a little bit of debris hanging off of his front wing. I think it eventually just fell off. It just and fell off. There was no mention of orange or, and black flag at all until uh, they came on the broadcast and said, "Is that why he was being investigated?" Yeah. So they ca- so Hinchcl- uh, James Hinchcliffe and uh, David Coulthard came back on the broadcast and said, "You know, Charles is going to be investigated at the end of this race for driving in under unsafe conditions." And I was kind of thinking like, "Okay, so." they're going to investigate him and they're telling him this now, or they're telling Ferrari this now, but they're not, they didn't black and orange flag him, which is what they should have done if they really had a concern about, like a safety issue of his about his car. And it ended up being that there was nothing handed down to Charles afterwards and we're recording a day later. So there's still been nothing. Um, but I would have, I think that Ferrari would have had a case for an appeal mm-hmm. had they handed down some repercussions just because in the moment that was not something that the FIA handed out. So yeah. I just think it's funny that like, even with the broken front wing, he was still able to finish on the podium yeah, and like hold his own against Carlos who mm-hmm. didn't have a broken wing. Well, and I truly think that, had the red flag when K. Megs crashed not come out, Charles would have gone the rest of his race with that broken front wing. But they, because he had more time under the red mm-hmm. flag, they were able to change it out. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't impacting his race no. at all, um, which is interesting. <laughs> which is f- funny. Like... Yeah. But uh, like, kind of in the same breath of what we mentioned, the time of the race where we're talking about now, K. Megs um, ended up going off, and it was a really bad. It honestly it... was like a really bad crash. What his at car lap was 31. like mangled, and yeah. he was just like. Up and out, like he. Yeah. Thank God he's fine. Thank yeah. God he's he walked away from that. Seemed to be fine. He was held in the medical medical center for a bit, but that car was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it did was you scary. did you see the the how it happened? It seemed like something just pulled him. Yeah. So again, listening to the broadcast, I don't know if it was Hinch or DC talking, but also wait, I'm gonna use that now because James Hinchcliffe called David Coulter DC. I don't know if anyone else calls him DC. Oh, that's so good. I'm not going to call him DC. Also, yeah. the fact that I, I, James Hinchcliffe could give me any nickname and I'd be like, yes, yeah, that's it right for the rest of my life. Um, so one of them had said it, it did look like something actually broke. And I, they were thinking it was his uh, right front tire or something. There was an issue there. And that's why he just went off at such high speeds because um, it did look like, you know, something happened to the car. Something broke, whatever. Um, it wasn't like he was sliding around or anything like that. So um obviously really happy that K-Mings was able to walk away. He got out of the car immediately. There were some speculations that he was going to be injured because he was holding his hands in mm-hmm. kind of a weird... Well, he was, like, shaking his wrist. He was, like, shaking so, his yeah. wrist, which I, only, I can understand... Um, I guess I can't understand, but I can assume that your hands are obviously super sore. Your whole body is after going into a crash of that magnitude. But after what happened at Danny this season, I think all of us are just a little bit scarred. Yeah. So when he was shaking out his hands, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I hope that this isn't worse than it looks for um, k meg. Anyways, so then we had a red flag for a little while. Mm-hmm. It was about 15 minutes in real time. You probably skipped through it because you watched it later, right? I did skip through it, but yeah. there was a part where Lance was out of the car and this is when I texted the group chat and I said, I love Lance. Oh, I thought you said that because I had just said something about Lance. Oh, no. I said it because I saw him on the TV and he nope. looks so good. Okay. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a, a restart. And that's when you are talking about Lando um, making it back up to P10. Well, because, because a, the dri- a lot of the drivers put on newer tires. Yeah. Some drivers didn't have newer tires. Lando, I'm pretty sure, was he put on used mediums. Mm. Am I wrong? I don't remember. I'm I just like, remember the fact that Ferrari hadn't pit to that point. And I was like, wow, something actually works mm-hmm. out kind of in Ferrari's favor, like two free pit stops. Yeah. I'll take it. Well, it seemed like the drivers who chose to put the mediums on, it was just like speculation that they weren't going to last them. Because there was still like, what, 30 laps to go, 35 mm-hmm. laps to and go. And the, the window for the medium tires was about uh 13 to 15 laps. Yeah. Um, so everyone thought that those who put the mediums on 13 to 18, screwed. maybe I did think cause max went in for an early pit stop mm-hmm. and a lot of, um, teams were going for a one-stop strategy. And I was like, okay, max going in early. They're probably going for two cause he was complaining about tire wear. Mm-hmm. Um, but then having that red flag, they were able to, you know, make up for that. And the tires were able to keep for the rest of the race. Well, Matt, yeah, max was fine. He's on yeah. another level, but no, I know. But for a while I was thinking like interesting they're going for a two-stopper this might actually impact max's race and of course it didn't it because he did. just defies all science and gravity <laughs> but but both mercedes had on mediums the ferraris had on hards yeah and so even the commentators were like the mediums are gonna give out yeah the ferraris are gonna like i think at one point even javi was like yeah he did yeah was like in five laps the hards are gonna be faster yeah not the It case. didn't happen, but th- that's what they were expecting. Well, and even Lando had put on mediums. And I think, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they were used mediums. And he was able to work his way up the grid again. I don't know how he did it. He's just good. He's there so good. There was a Lewis Hamilton radio message um, where Bono said, uh, he, I don't know which one radioed into which talking about how, why, maybe it was Lewis. Radioed in and said, you know, I don't know about my tires. Like, I don't know if they're going to keep till the end. And I think Bono was like, you're Lewis Hamilton. I think that was all of, that's all he said. <laughs> you're like, you're Lewis Hamilton. Like, do what you can do. Yeah. Or we have every opportunity. Right. Something along those lines. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to say. Like, yeah. he is a that's what you need to hear. tire whisperer. He's obviously mm-hmm. seven-time world champion. He knows exactly what to do with tires. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And he did it. Yeah. He was P2. <laughs> Way to go. Um... We saw when Lando was working his way back up the grid from P14 to P5, he overtook many, many drivers. In like one lap, he overtook both Alpines and Nico Halkenberg. In one lap, yeah. he did that. Yeah. And then this kind of all happened around the same time, I think. But Alonzo retired. Did we ever figure out why? Look, I posted an Instagram story and I said, my hidden talent is that I could watch a whole race through And still have no idea why at least one driver DNF'd. I was talking about Fernando. We're recording on on Monday. Mm -hmm. Midday Monday. I still don't know why Fernando DNF'd. I don't know why Logan DNF'd. And I don't know why Lance DNF'd. Logan DNF'd? Yes. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. And nobody knew. What? I know. He DNF'd on lap. Well, I I know why Lance DNF'd. He DNF'd on lap 70. Lance? Logan. Logan. So a lap before the race. A ended. A lap before the race ended, and Lance DNF'd on sixty six. Well, Lance had contact with Valtteri. That's why he DNF'd. Okay, I and he like it was honestly it was pretty much the exact same thing that happened with Checo and Charles. Lance didn't give like um, Valtteri space, and so he had the shit end of the stick. He had to retire with the damage. So that's why Lance retired. I don't know about Fernando. I don't know about Sargent. Shall we look it up? Well, we should look it up. We should know. We should know. <laughs> This is interesting, but it looks like the official verdict for Fernando's retirement is that he had to retire having sustained and this is from the F1 website, damage running over debris. Whose debris? Well, that's what I'm thinking because it wasn't till lap 47 so came eggs. I get. But they were under a red flag for 15 minutes. So they wouldn't have fixed it in that time? Well, that seems like a long time. But maybe it's not enough it- to clean up the amount of debris that there were. I'm not Yuki's sure. Yuki's debris? No, because Alonso retired before Yuki and Oscar collided. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure what, where this debris is coming from, but that is the official verdict as to why Fernando has DNF. It does say that Stroll um, was due to contact with Bottas. Okay, we figured out why Fernando retired. When it comes to Logan... I don't know because on the F1 website they do this they after every race they have mm-hmm. a lap by lap report on what happened. And I was like it'll say there what happened. It doesn't say what happened. No, and we've we've actually just been searching for the last 10 minutes and still nothing. So, we don't know uh, why Logan retired. So that the official lap by lap thing says nothing and also but it, it does still say on the official race results that he retired on lap 70. Honestly, Twitter might be our best source of information for this, but I don't actually want to go searching right now because F1 Twitter is a rabbit hole. And he he himself, his Instagram posts offer no insight. Nothing. Interesting. This is very weird. I don't really know why. Um, I was texting our friend Jillian yesterday, who is the president of the Logan Sargent fan club. (laughs) And she, she didn't say anything about why that happened. So. This is just news to everybody. It just says Logan fought hard, but the weekend came to an unlucky end for reasons outside his control. Could you be any more vague? Oh, RIP. Okay, okay. that was super sad. Um, Yeah, this is obviously not a pop culture podcast, but the world lost somebody really important yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, to lots of people. And, um, we just wanted to, Emma Emma just made a friend's reference totally up by accident. yeah, And it just reminded us that Matthew Perry, unfortunately passed away yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, it was was Saturday. Saturday. And, um, obviously, you know, we offer condolences to his friends and families and even those who just are taking this harder because friends is such a big part of lots of people's lives. It's just one of those shows, like a comfort show you get really attached to the characters. Um, Also he gave an interview back in like the heyday of when friends was, you know, at its, at its height. And he said he wants to be known for a lot of the work that he did with recovering addicts. Um, So that's also something that it remains in his legacy and it always will. So Yes, unfortunately, fr- but Friends references should always yeah. be something that we continue to do because, you know, it keeps the yeah. memory of Chandler Bing alive. I don't remember what the actual quote is, but yeah, Hannah's right. Friends quotes, Friends references, they'll still be around. Yeah, it's like every time, it's like when Kobe passed away and people mm-hmm. were like, always continue to say Kobe when you throw something mm-hmm. into a garbage can across because it just keeps his memory alive. So um, that was a really quick little excerpt that we're, we're just adding in here yes. just because... Emma made that joke, and, you know, I want to offer our condolences. Um, Going back to the race. Back to the race. We don't know why Logan retired. No one knows why Logan retired. At one point, Lando and Oscar, they were given the radio message to swap positions. Because Lando was up into P8, Oscar was P7, and Oscar had the damage from Yuki, so he couldn't fight. So they were like... Oscar, if that's your pace, give Lando the spot. And they did. And it was Mm -hmm. fine. It was just very friendly teamwork. Yeah. We love to see it. Which meant Lando was now racing Danny Rick. Yes. His old teammate. Yes. This was very interesting to watch as Mm -hmm. well. I loved it. Did you not? Well, it's just like you're watching Danny in these battles and Mm -hmm. he can't fight. The Alphatari can't fight. He can fight. Mm -hmm. So I'm like watching. At first it was Lando go by him and then it was George. And then I'm like... I just know, like, he ended up okay. finishing P7. But Danny and George, towards the very end, like, Danny was catching up to him. For sure. They oh, only finished then, about 500th of a second apart. We, the, the, the race, like, the most important, it was, like, an important battle. Because it was, like, 0.5 and then 0.4, 0.3 yeah. in the gap between Danny, Rick, and George. Yeah. That was on F1 TV. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to Max. To Max crossing the finish, finish line. line with nobody around him. Yes, that was something that, that F1 Twitter was going bonkers over. Because I, I get it. I get it. He won the race. But there was but this like, really awesome battle happening right behind him. And yes, it was for sixth, but it was, it was probably more entertaining than watching Max cross the finish line for the 16th time this season. Like, everyone wanted to see it. Even the commentators were like, We'll update you guys when we know what happens. Like, they yeah. were like confused as to why the F1 TV screen got yeah. switched. It's like, it's literally like the Lance meme. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like when Lance's face just appears. Yeah. yeah anyways so yeah that was uh got anything else on the race because that's all I got I said if I crashed out at lap one at my home race I would simply never stop crying so props to Checo for getting through the interviews and it wasn't actually long after the retirement happened where he was in the, the media garage pen. in the media pen he was you know shaking hands with his engineers and whatnot and yeah yeah um, he handled it like a pro yeah there are rumors apparently going around the paddock now, or it was on Twitter. It was on F1 Twitter. Someone had said that apparently a lot of the F1 reporters are tweeting really suspicious things. As if, like, I think one of them tweeted, like, I don't want to believe the rumor I just heard. And, like, Will Buxton tweeted, like, something with, like, the eyes, like, wide eyes, like, gif or something. But why are they saying that? Because if- maybe these F1 reporters, or maybe there's inside information that Checo is losing his seat. Like, what other news would make these reporters be like, oh my God, this is groundbreaking? Well, yeah, okay. I'm sure there's lots of rumors, obviously, but I I don't like the fact that they're like, oh, you'll never believe what I just heard. It's like, well, tell us, bestie. Tell us. <laughs> because I probably, I probably can't believe it either, but um, there was a shot of Checo going to what do they call it where they where Christian and the weather people sit the <laughs> weather, weather people, people. <laughs> grid box no uh, yeah i, I don't know. know i don't know what it's called grid box but you know the little bench area where the team principal and sometimes the ceo of the team nope not a grid box and the person who's in charge of watching the weather forecast and like where the analytics teams the engineers the engineers and the radio messages come through. What is that thing? What I don't know called? what it's called, but Checo went to go see Christian and Christian had his arm around Checo and it was like he was kind of consoling him but Pit Wall. The pit wall. Thank you. What did uh, I say? Was... Grid bo- grid grid box. <laughs> What's a grid box? <laughs> I was so confident too Yeah, it's okay it's a bit well um, I did see some people quote tweeting a picture of Christian with his arm around Checo saying welcome to AlphaTauri's son yep and I was a little upset by that but um,
1: what do and you think last, if you
0: can't make a joke this yeah. weekend about about anything it's like well then it's just even more sad I mean, with some comic relief do you think that Checo has a seat for next year at Red Bull I don't know I don't know we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks on end it's yeah. like I don't know I don't know Because a normal team wouldn't give up on Chaco. But Red Bull would. But Red Bull would, if any of them would. Mm -hmm. And I I said it a couple episodes ago that I still don't think that they've got a big enough sample size from Danny Rick because of his injury. I mean, if this weekend shows anything, the way he was fighting George in the Alphatari. But that's precisely the reason that they put Nick DeVries into the Alphatari at the beginning of this season was because he performed really, really... Well, last season in one race, and I'm not saying that this was the only race where Danny performed well because even Coda was was not terrible for him. Like he's when we've seen him, he's been doing well. But I'm just saying that expectations go up tenfold for these drivers when they have one good race and they're given a seat because of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I still don't think that they've they've got enough sample size from Danny. I mean, obviously they know what type of driver he is. He has raced for the team before, but... We're not getting any new rookies next year, hey. No.
1: That's well, the I first. mean,
0: the Williams' seat is still technically open, but right, I don't right. think we're getting a rookie next year. I would be very surprised if the Williams... If, if Williams doesn't fill the seat with Sargent, if they don't either fill it with Schumacher or DeVries. Mm-hmm.
1: Not which, DeVries. DeVries both. is
0: doing FE. Oh, Right. So it'd be Schumacher. No so, one. but I would be surprised if it wasn't given to Mick yeah. if Logan doesn't get it. So then, no, rookie. there's no rookie hmm? potentially. No rookie of the year. Big if. Yeah, this is a, that's gonna be the first year in about in at least while. four or five where there's been no rookie. We'll come back to you on the math in terms of analytics from from Ooh. our conversation about Checo. Yes, do share. Um, I did see a tweet this week, and I'm sharing it here at Jeff One. J-E-F-W-U-N. I'm not sure if I'm saying that properly. But this person on Twitter says, in 2020, Alex Albon scored 32.9% of Red Bulls points. In 2023, Sergio Perez has scored 32.8% of Red Bulls points. Now, that being said, there's three more races. Mm -hmm. So that number could go up. But just some food for thought. It could also go down. Could also go down. There's just some food for thought there. Um, the Vegas GP has been a big topic of conversation because people are like, what is this going to look like? You know, there's been some controversies, whatever. Um, I love following Clement Novak. I love him on Twitter because he's so like real. Mm-hmm. He, so it was announced this week that there was going to be like this opening ceremonies at the Vegas GP. And it, it's actually quite funny because there's lots of tweets now trying to figure out how drivers can, are saying that their drivers are trying to figure out how they can get out of this opening ceremony. Um, but the pretty much the opening ceremonies consist of like n- performances from nine musical artists and like some big names and also appearances, they say by the blue man group and Cirque du Soleil. It says all 20 drivers will be in, in attendance, which is so funny because yeah, that's when you see the tweets that are like, Oh, like the driver's faking sick the day before or whatever. Um, anyways, Clem tweeted he quote tweeted this tweet and said they're promoting this as if it was the event of the century yet it'll be done and dusted in one hour and 30 minutes and Red Bull will most probably win the race and I think that's so funny because it's just like he's so real I mean yeah yeah like they are promoting this like it's going to be the -hmm. biggest GP ever when yeah it's like at the end of the season the the, both championships are decided and yeah it'll be fun to have like a new a new trap on the calendar potentially but like it looks like a pig it does look like a pig But it literally probably will just be, you know, another Max Verstappen win. We are hopeful that it is, you know, everything that they've promised and more. I hope it's a spectacle, but like not a Miami spectacle. Because that was... Because people still talk about the terrible Miami. Um, we are those people. <laughs> yeah, but people other than this, about the driver's mm-hmm. intros. And I did see a quote tweet on this one about Vegas saying, like, this is going to be, like, Miami, but 10 times worse. So I kind of hope it's not. I hope that this is really fun. I hope the drivers enjoy themselves. I hope that this is... I know, because, I mean, we know a few people that are going to that race. Yeah. So I hope they have a good time. Oh, I don't know. We've never... It hasn't happened before. We don't know what to expect. I am a proponent of more... American races. I'm not saying more than what we have right now. But I think that, you know, two or three is a good number. I'm also a proponent for affordable races. Um, So there's that too. But um, I think that if this is a success, that's great for F1. Yes. And that's great for the States. I mean, hopefully next year might be more affordable. Yeah. I hope that it's because it's the first year right now. But yes. We can dream. I was doing some... Girl math looking at Vegas flights and stuff. We're but not going to Vegas. We're not going to Vegas. It's actually astronomical for us. So unfortunately. <laughs> but we're aiming for Nashville next year for Indy. Yes, we are. We're gonna put that in the universe. Yeah. Um yeah. that's all I got. Amazing. TrackSats on TikTok and Instagram again this week. It's the last sprint weekend this it's the last sprint race this weekend yes, in is. Brazil. Yep. And the triple header will come to an end. I bet these drivers are tired. That was my other question. Do you think that during a red flag when the drivers are like, they have to stop, they have to get out of the car. Do you think that they hate it? Yes. Because I know from my experience, when I'm working and I sit down for half an hour to t- take my mandatory break, I don't want to get back up. And I can only oh. imagine that them being in the car, their adrenaline's so high, they're in the zone. When they get out of the car, they're like, Nah, I don't want to go back. It's like, I'm out now. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. No, I mean, I'm just I don't saying. know. I don't, I don't know either. But Anyway. Also, expect lots of Lewis Hamilton content this weekend. Not necessarily from us, but just from the broadcast and whatnot. He was made an honorable, an honored, an honorary, an honorary Brazil. Brazilian. Yeah, last year. No, two years ago. Two years ago. It was recent. Good um, for him. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. We love to see it. I mean, these tracks like this one, Mexico, Brazil, Abu Dhabi. Like these are his tracks. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he can surpass Checo in the standings. Mm-hmm. Just yes, based there off are those tracks. twenty points um, separating. Checo still ahead of Lewis. Uh, there is three races left. And this is the most interesting, like... This will be the biggest yeah. race of the... Like those two. Yeah. To see. Yeah. Of the year. We'll see. Just also just the biggest, like, points race. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um Because also, we, we haven't had that. No. I know. Like, this is the points race. I know. For a second. Because Charles podium this weekend, which we actually have not really talked about oh, all that much. Oh, he did podium. Um... He finished P3. I just want to bring everyone's attention to the current Constructors' Championship. Isn't Lando ahead of him in the driver standings? I am. I haven't looked at drivers, but I'm looking at Constructors right now Um, because we did mention last week that there is that exit clause for Charles at Ferrari if they don't finish um, in third. Looks like it might be out of McLaren's hands at this point, but as it stands, and obviously we know Red Bull's first, they've won it. Mercedes has 371 points, Ferrari has 349, and McLaren has 256. So that there is still a big race for second in the constructors, and even potentially for, thir- or for third. Well, McLaren is still making their way up. This weekend didn't really help, but. Lando is currently sixth in the standings with 169 points, and Charles is seventh. With 166 points. So there's also... Yeah. There's, there's also, battles like all the... Way. I mean, Carlos and Fernando, the two Spanish drivers on the grid, yeah. are tied for fourth with 183 points. Yeah. Like, there's... These are the... Which is crazy because yeah. Fernando has DNF the past two races. Well, he was on fire at the, the beginning of the season. That's yeah. pretty much why. Yeah. I don't know. So there's lots of things to watch Um, in terms of like... Like, this season is not decided. Yes, Max has, and Red Bull have won the Constructors and the Drivers, but... Like there is still so much, Mm -hmm. this is not clear cut. There's still much, still so much to be figured out before the end of the season. And as Drive to Survive tells you every episode, the difference between third and fourth and the constructors is millions and millions of dollars worth of sponsorship money. So it's very important. Anyways, um, real quickly for my birthday, I'm going to ask that you guys please favorite this episode or even like rate the podcast five stars. That's That's all I want for my birthday. And And a Lance Troll podium. And a loint. Because then she can get a tattoo. As I've said, um, his birthday is a day before mine. His birthday was yesterday. Yeah, but wh- okay. So did you not know this before? No, I did know. You did okay. But I just feel like everyone else has to, they. Everyone else needs to know this. Mm-hmm. It's fate. Is it? Does it make you jealous that Lando's birthday is three days before mine, same year? Anyway, this was the Mexico City Grand Prix. We are Track Talk. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week.